You're on. Hi, Jan and Josh and all the viewers. I am AKA Rod Rivington, Bill A. Jones. A salute to you. Ladies, leave your man at home. The club is full of ballers and their pockets full grown. And now your fellas leave your girl with their friends. Cause it's 11.30 and the club is jumping, jumping. Boy, say you got a girl, yeah, it's true, you got a man. But the party ain't gonna stop, so let's make it hot, hot. Last weekend you stayed at home alone and lonely. Couldn't find your man, he was chilling with his homies. This weekend you're going out. If you try to stop, you going off. You got your hair done and your nails done too. afternoon ed good afternoon josh you are listening to the gleeful podcast with josh Shin and ed we are back what <laughs> very exciting we are back uh and uh, you can find us online at gleeful pod gleeful pod we are off to a great start guys yes really we are. doing well big thumbs up you can find us online at gleeful podcast uh Dot com on the Twitter's at Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Burnell. She's at Jenny B Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. Jennifer. Joshua. We opened up with a, a very special gift from uh, your friend Mark. Actually, sent us a a hello from Bill Jones, Rod Remington, on the Gleeful Podcast. How yes. fun was that? That's yes. kind of hilarious. So this is this is news to me. Apparently. Rod Remington is quite the crooner. He was performing at this local restaurant. Um, it, they they do these shows a couple of um, couple of nights a month, and oh, I forget who the headliner was, but Billy Vera was there. Billy Vera and the Beaters. And some other, actually, he wasn't with the Beaters this time, in but my heart. he has been. He's always in Beatles. the past, and he will again. You got the greatest love song ever written. Yes, he did. So, um, so yeah, so apparently. Bill Jones was the opening act and or, or one of the opening performers. So my friend was really sweet and went up and uh, took this little video for us. Unfortunately, it's really d- dimly lit, but um, but you can hear him great. And he was super sweet. And who knew? They don't let him sing on the show, but apparently he's a really good singer. Yeah, the only person on Glee who never sings. Uh, but yes, which reminded me, we have not played the the Cordova Street introduction in quite yeah. a while as well. So uh, Ed, we'll have to dig up the Cordova Street introduction somewhere uh, so we can play that. Uh, but yes, welcome back, everybody, to the Gleeful Podcast. Uh, we're going to do two podcasts. We're going to record two podcasts, and I'm probably just going to post them on the same day. And you're going to be like, why do they have two podcasts? And this is why. We've been super busy. Um, first, we Jennifer and I went to Arizona to see spring training, to watch the Dodgers play. Uh, and then uh, last weekend, Jennifer's parents were in town, and Ed was in Chicago. And we've just been super busy, and so we are back. We're going to do two podcasts. In the first one, we will discuss the episodes Trio and City of Angels, and then we're going to chop it off into a nice bite-sized piece, and then we're going to do another podcast, uh, which uh, we will do. We will discuss episode 100. Um, 
not really sure why we're going to break it up. I just thought it was a good idea. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, you're going to listen to the next one and be like, wow, they're talking about 100 and they sound so tired. And we are because <laughs> we just did this one. We'll do jumping jacks in between. I it's just, it, I just thought it was a good idea. Jumping jacks make me less tired. I don't, <laughs> I don't quite follow the logic. We'll I let mean, you do uh, a couple rounds of 2048 at. That's what we'll do. <laughs> uh, mm, I get, I don't get angry, but thing, things can be said when things go wrong. <laughs> things can be said. Uh, the other caveat in this particular conversation, we're just going to put it out there right now. Uh, again, super busy. Uh, we're, I'm going to miss stuff. In guiding this conversation, I'm going to miss stuff on all of these episodes. <laughs> Trio and uh, and City of Angels. Stuff will not get brought up. So yeah. when you take to your Twitters or your emails or your voicemails and say, Josh, you butthead, I can't believe you forgot X. I want you to immediately after typing that, I want you to select all and delete it. And then... <laughs> Send me a very friendly email, tweet, or voicemail about how much you love the show. And say, <laughs> hey, we thought what you remembered was really cool. Yeah, considering. <laughs> but don't forget about this. Thank no, you but, very much. But yes, yeah, obviously, we love all the feedback. And we do actually even have some voicemails that I'm excited awesome. to, to do. And well, uh, so we've got a couple voicemails that I'm stoked about sharing. And uh, yeah, and then we'll, you know, we'll get into... Uh, uh, oh, where'd that one come from? I haven't even listened to that one. We might uh, have a voicemail that I have not previewed. So, <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna um, do some voicemails and we'll do some discussion. But we're gonna start off with trio. We started off there with "Jumpin' Jumpin'" by Destiny's Child from uh, the album "The Writings on the Wall." And my favorite thing about "Jumpin' Jumpin'," other than how wildly popular it was when I was in college is that on the cover of the single, I just pulled it up on Facebook, or on Wikipedia so I could remember it. On the cover, it's Destiny's Child jumping, jumping, and, on, and there's a giant Beyonce and a giant Michelle Williams and then two little tiny pictures of people that aren't in the Aww. band anymore. And they were totally like, yeah, the writing is on the wall. Okay, so... You're not in the band anymore. When you guys listen to that, do you also hear um, the the theme from The Haunted Mansion? The, the the spooky haunts are gone. I, I swear I hear like there's there's something in the 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 melody there. I always hear um, the the haunted sound. Grim and grinning ghosts. That could be it. Okay, even fast. It's when it gets when it picks up a little bit. Toward the end. Toward the end. All right, sorry. Really <laughs> spooky. They sit by your side, shrouded in the death disguise. This is a weird version. They pretend to terrorize. Grim grinning ghosts come out to socialize. All right, we should have planned this better. Sorry. But yes, it is a very fun song, and it does bring me back as well. Yes, that is... Yeah, I think that's from like 99 or something. Mm. But anyway, uh, so yes, we started off the episode trio and we're going to go around the group and discuss everyone's opinions. Jennifer, off the top, how did you feel about the episode? How did you feel about what you remember about the episode <laughs> trio? <laughs> I actually, I thought this was a fun episode. I think this was another episode where if they took out 
any semblance of a plot um, and just left the performances, it would be a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean, I, I remember coming away from this one being, you know, like, okay, this is fun. I, I, I need to stop taking all these little inconsistencies so seriously. Like, why all of a sudden is Artie, you know, excluded from the, the group? And, 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 <laughs> and, and, and when is Sam, when have Sam and Tina talked to each other more than uh, five minutes in the last eight months? So... <laughs> Once I get past all of that stuff, it really was kind of a fun episode. And I just, you know, we talked about it the last time we podcasted. I just wish that there was less negativity. And, you know, I mean, these kids, okay, they do have things to worry about and be freaking out about. But it's not just about, like, you know, who they're going to see in two months. Yeah, And I just feel bad that it's like, they're supposed to be seniors. They should be concerned about their futures. That's interesting. Yeah, it, there there is lacking a bit of senior joy. Yeah. Um, it, it feels like much less of a victory lap for the seniors than like this time oh. two years ago. Yeah. Where all the a episodes... A victory haunting? But yeah, that's a very good point. I do love the... Um, uh, what was Artie's line when they were like, yeah, a trio is the most powerful, uh, most powerful or triangle is the most powerful shape. And he was like, yes, it is also 25% less powerful than a foursome. Yes. Anything? Yeah. No. It was cute. I mean, again, <sighs> if I step away from, you know, like nitpicking it to death, it was actually a really fun episode. It was a cute one. I, I enjoyed Trio. Uh, I'll just I'll just jump in, Ed, because I'm already talking. Uh, yes, I enjoyed Trio. It was a fun one. Um, it was, I realized one of the things, we list, we ended up getting to Trio like two, like after, I think it had been out for two weeks before we actually got a chance to watch it because we'd been so busy. And one of the things that struck me is when you take some of the urgency off the show, like we watch this show very urgently right now because we have the podcast and it's like Glee has to be kind of scheduled into our week to make sure we have enough time to get to it on top of all the other things we do. Um, and uh, it, it when and we happened to be able to watch Trio kind of without that. Like, we kind of just had a spare hour. Hey, let's put on some Glee. That'd be fun. And I enjoyed it so much more. And a lot of, like, the nitpicky inconsistencies didn't bother me as much. Yeah. Because we were just kind of watching it for enjoyment purposes. Um, that said, you know, the episode's a little goofy uh i i still have my problems with elliot which we'll get into but uh but yeah i thought all in all i thought trio was you know kind of a solid c plus b minus episode i mean i, I thought it was it was above average but in the broad scheme of things i'm not really going to remember it. it a solid b solid b all right I ed like- what'd you think of trio it's funny everything you said because i was i was kind of thinking the same thing i was like you know it, it was there it was good I enjoyed the ride while I was a part of it, but like thinking back, I'm like I remember nothing particularly stand out about this except like except for the fact that Ryan Murphy has finally, after five seasons, decided that Tina should be a character, <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah, that's that's. I mean, it was good. I enjoyed it. It happened, and yeah, I I wish there was more trios. <laughs> yeah oh they just they play fast and loose with their own rules i don't even think they halfway through writing the episode they forget what their theme was and well i mean it was if if you think about it there was an aspect of the trio in all the 
pieces. It was just some were working and some weren't. Mm -hmm. You had the Sam Blaine and Tina trio, which, you know, worked, fell apart, and then worked again. You had the Leah Michelle. I'm sorry, you had the Santana, Rachel, and and Elliot trio, which was kind of feeding on itself. And then you have Will and Emma attempting to create a trio. And that, Aww. ladies and gentlemen, I, is how you I, I justify crazy writing on Glee. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. They totally played fast and loose with the entire concept of a trio. Uh, mm. I think, to me, I think the bigger issue, like the bigger definition of trio was... Um, was Sam Blaine and Tina and then uh, Kurt with Danny and Elliot. I think that's kind of, those were, I think, the two real trios in the show. <laughs> but, you know, uh, Kurt, Danny, and Elliot really mm-hmm. only existed for one number in some random form. Well, you know, you know what's funny? <laughs> I was uh, As I was watching that scene with Kurt, Danny, and Elliot, I was like, if you would have told me, like, like, <laughs> ex- like four years ago, that that one day we'll see Kurt, Adam Lambert, and uh, Demi Lovato on stage together on Glee, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." And would yeah. that have been the song that you would have picked? <laughs> yeah, for them? exactly. Doing the, a jazz number, <laughs> which I, I thought was like pretty pretty fun and 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 well done, but it's just not what I would have thought they would gone would have gone for. Like, I mean, well, their band is still seem seems to be really struggling for its identity, but that was. Um, I mean, it was a, it was a wonderful song. It was just not what I expected. It's a band struggling for an identity, which is introduced with Kurt saying, "So yeah, I know you all were coming here because you were excited to see Pamela Lansbury, but we're not performing." And then the audience groans because apparently there's a following for Pamela Lansbury. Yeah. <laughs> when did that happen after their two yeah. gigs? Um, yeah, it's kind of hilarious. Anyway, uh, let's 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 go to voicemails right off the top because uh, hey, we have some and we're honored people bother to call. Uh, here's a listener, Sonia. This episode was painful to watch. It was horrible uh, because everyone was just okay. I'm pretty sure you're not cool with the swearing, so let's say everyone was uh, was. Um, a word that starts with B and rhymes with which. They were all that. Like, pretty much everyone was one of those. And um, Tim, uh, Tina with the ugly crying, it was very awkward and uncomfortable. <laughs> it, everything just was so uncomfortable in this episode. Uh, and you mentioned, like, and I couldn't help but think about how uh, you complaining that Elliot doesn't really have much of a character he's just all all shucksy and that's still true but at least they gave him one character trait besides just being perfect gay he likes curry ah i know (laughs) (laughs) that was funny thank you listener sonia yeah it, it is funny that is that continues to be my issue with elliot is he's not He's still so ashuxy. And even in this episode where he's starting to get stuff to do, I adore Adam Lambert. I will I will empty my bank account to see him tour with the surviving members of Queen. Um, I don't think he's a very strong actor. And I don't think they're really giving him anything to... Like, I don't think they're doing him any favors by giving him such an ashuxy character. And so he ends up coming off pretty flat. Um and, and, and so that's, yeah, continues to be my struggle with Elliot. <laughs> and see, the thing is, I think he's a really 
low-key, very natural actor. And I kind of, I don't see him as much as Oh Shuxi as he's kind of stepping into this already very caustic group. So he's he's the outsider in all of this. And he seems to have, you know, similar goals as some of them. And he wants to be a part of it. But, I mean, being the outsider, it's really hard for you to step up and say, you know, hey, this this is wrong. This isn't cool. But eventually he does get to that point, And I really admire that. I adore him. I really, <laughs> I'm loving his character. It's kind of like, thank you. Somebody's calling them on their childish crap. Child- childish crap (laughs) i mean the thing is is all the performances on glee are kind of plus two like that you know no matter who you are on glee with the exception of will schuster every performance is reality plus two and there's a certain amount of melodrama and the reactions are always a little bigger than they need to be and that's what makes it what it is you know that is the tone of the show Adam Lambert doesn't add the plus two. He reacts as written on the page. And because of that, I feel like he's kind of in a different show. Uh, Demi Lovato does it too, for the most part. Um, And so she ends up to me feeling kind of like a missing piece of a larger puzzle. Uh, Or she kind of feels like she's just not fitting in yet. Okay, so it's kind of like... I'm going to say that right. It's kind of like... um, Like traditional TV actors acting on a soap opera. Exactly. Where they're yeah. more understated and believable and the other people are kind of over the top. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Soap opera acting okay. is, is like... It, soap opera acting is plus one. Glee is plus two. Okay. Like, <laughs> I get it. I get it, but I still love it. Like, I love... It's like a palate cleanser in all of <laughs> in all of this craziness. And, and, and yes, Sonia, it was frustrating. But again, as Josh said, because we watched it after the fact... We weren't watching it with the same eyes. And I'm like, if I just step back and listen to the music and forget that they're all crazy pants, it's okay. Because <laughs> they'll get better. And, and nobody will care in a week. They'll just stop being crazy and everybody's good. There you go. That's a good point. Uh, Ed, how did you feel about uh, Elliot and the band in this episode? I I liked Elliot as like a device for the, the Santana-Rachel divide. And even like... I know you get to see a bit more of Crazy Rachel, which I, which was, which was fun, and Santana, which was somewhat legitimate in their claims. I know, like it was, he was good, he served a good function. I like him, but I want more. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, every time he's on stage, every time he's singing, and he's just so likable, and he's so good, and he hits those crazy notes, and. Yeah, I even want to. I want to hear him hit more notes. I mean, he got um, more yeah. songs than um, some people. He, he's. <clears throat> I think if you look at like the last couple of episodes, oh, he's yeah. had more songs than Kurt. But I mean, I don't. I don't see Starchild sticking around very long. There's no. He serves no purpose in the larger concept of the show. I mean, unless they're going to play out a love triangle with Blaine later That's on. That's what needs to happen. They, You're right. That's what, yeah. I mean, and, but uh, w- unless that, ha- I don't think that will happen, but unless that happens, there's no reason they, for him to be on They the lay show. the groundwork. Even in episode yeah. 100, there was like referencing, we're going to take our break with a long engagement. So I don't know. I, interesting. And, oh, I, and I, don't, I, I really <laughs> don't want Kurt to settle with Blaine right now. Like, I really, really don't. So... 
It's interesting. I mean, we're, we'll see what happens. I do think, you know, they're, they're definitely going to be getting married either in the finale of this season or early next season. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's, I, I don't know where gay marriage is in Ohio, so maybe they'll save it until they move to New York next season. But, I mean, it's definitely going to well, happen. Well, they, they play fast and loose with the rules in Ohio anyway. That's true. <laughs> episode one. That was, like, episode one premise. But, you know, and if I was Adam Lambert, I would not give up this gig because no. there are there are, there are are idols to <laughs> Allison. Okay, I just need a quick aside. Allison Urahita from season eight, uh-huh. Pia Toscano from season uh, 10, and okay. Jessica Santos from season 11 were background singing for jennifer lopez's new single i love you poppy okay wow. adam lambert adam lambert's doing better than that yeah. Stay with well, we went to see book of mormon last night at the pantages yes. and one of the shows in this season at the pantages uh joseph. is joseph and the amazing technicolor dreamcoat starring diana DeGarmo and ace young Aww. <laughs> how cute is that Aww. Isn't that adorable? <laughs> but I mean, the Pantages in, in Los Angeles, like because we can't get the Broadway cast of a show, like by the time it gets to Los Angeles, it's been out for years. And so it always is, who can we get from American Idol or X Factor or... Or lives like, nearby. Or lives in LA. Yeah. Like we always get Constantine Maroulis. Like Constantine Maroulis was in Rock of Ages at the Pantages for like two years. You could not get rid of that dude. And then they did his production of Jekyll and Hyde yes. where he sang the lead in Jekyll and Hyde which our friends walked out of. <laughs> they okay, they left it intermission, that's all. Anyway. They've been known to do that. It, yeah, anyhow. It's true. Uh <laughs> but yes. So anyway, uh so yeah, New York continues as New York continues. In this episode, uh Rachel and Santana just kept going to war. There was one interesting moment of Rachel and Santana in this episode where Rachel kind of called or I'm sorry, Santana kind of called Rachel on the carpet in this one and said, "All I'm doing is everything that you would have done." Like, yeah. all I'm doing is I saw an opportunity and I took it and I'm willing to walk over anybody to get it. And that's exactly what you would have done. And as much as I've said on this show that, you know, I dislike Santana and I um, I do feel that she was in the wrong in this particular situation. Um, that is a very valid point where Rachel, who also would have been in the wrong, were she to have acted like that, would very possibly have acted. Well, here's a thought. (laughs) What if Santana just thought, wow, what's a, you know, what's a one year out of high school kid from Ohio getting the lead in, you know, funny girl? That can't be too hard of a casting process. I'm going to try for that over all these other shows that are impossible because people have been working for years and years and years. Because they cast actual actors. In the show. Not yeah. 19-year-old kids. Yeah. So uh, Who knows? Yes. As just a little devil's advocate there. Ed, any thoughts before we leave New York? Uh, not not for Trio. There wasn't... I'm, I'm sad if Demi Lovato is... Like I don't actually I haven't looked at spoilers so this this is not this is not right. speaking any I'm just speaking yeah. from episode 100 it appeared as though the Demi Lovato is done which is sad it it, it felt that way certainly after episode 100 yeah. um, and I always I felt she's been wildly underutilized oh, yeah. uh, kind of through the duration uh, I did not watch her Disney show uh, did uh, I don't know which did one, which one was her Disney show it was iCarly I believe. 
I didn't know. No, I don't know. Uh, no, I, I'm probably getting that wrong. And there, there's listeners throwing stuff. I don't. At their I don't iPods, believe but... she was iCarly. No. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Is it the I'm pretty sure the only, Like she did, no. If, if she had a show, she was in Camp Rock. That's what I. That's oh, what that's I right. Knew. She was in Camp Rock with the Jonas Brothers. Um, I mean, she. Joe Bros. She surprised <laughs> me. I did Joe not. Bros. I didn't expect somebody who came from the. You know. She was in Sunny with a Chance. That's what oh okay. I didn't I didn't expect somebody who came from you know the Disney Machine to actually be a good musician. I mean that sounds horrible, but I've actually I have enjoyed her. She's been a bit of a surprise. Interesting. I expected somebody who was more you know cute and had personality, but you know how to be auto tuned to death. I I just I know so little about the the people you know mm. who've come out of that. Like Miley Cyrus and <laughs> Selena Gomez. The only time we did see her kind of live, we heard her um, lip sync at the Disney Christmas special recording. Who? Um, Selena, Selena Gomez. Gomez? Did yeah. we? I don't remember that. Yeah. I don't remember. She I mean, she's right so small, I might have been Daddy. looking right at her and not seen her. <laughs> uh, oh, that- she did come on after Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Yes. This is a gr- Have we told this story on the podcast? Oh, we went. To- <laughs> Big Voodoo Daddy and Selena Gomez shared a stage. It That's was like yeah. one after the other. Like she came on as they were walking off. Um, but I think okay. they like high fived or something. But uh, no, this was like the Disney Christmas special. They were recording it at Disneyland, and we happened to be going to Disneyland that day. And it was in November, so we just walked up and November. it was there. Yeah. It was in early November. It was easily eighty degrees outside. Oh, so hot! And they've given the audience. They've told the audience, "Hey, if you guys want to be in a Disney show, just hang out, and you'll get to watch some great performances. You'll get to watch Big Bad Voodoo Daddy with the dancers from Dancing with the Stars, and you'll get to watch Selena." Gomez and all these people went oh that sounds amazing I like TV and then they gave <laughs> them like <laughs> they gave them all <laughs> scarves and Santa hats so that they would not look like it was 80 degrees outside yeah. but it was and then they proceeded to record uh, they re- proceeded to record Big Bad Voodoo Daddy and Selena Gomez lip syncing the same song for about four hours and we just kept walking away and coming back and being like they're still there and these poor people it was so hot <laughs> We were like, oh, well, this is a good time for us to go ride rides because yeah. there are no lines. <laughs> Everyone's watching them. That's funny. I totally forgot yeah. that she was in it. And Ryan Seacrest is the host. <clears throat> we did see, actually, we did see some of the Dancing with the Stars dancers, mm-hmm. and they're tiny. Well, they, they're oh, my God, they they're really bitty. They weren't lip dancing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. They were, they were that like, is a valid point, Ed. Wow. That is a very valid point. <laughs> they were, that is, that is funny. Hilarious. They were um, super cute. Let's, uh, uh, well, so that's what we have to say about New York. Let's go ahead and take a trip. Uh, before we leave New York, we'll take a listen to that. To actually, we'll take a listen to Gloria because that was a better song than that. Uh, here's a bit of Gloria before we take the long trip to Ohio, which apparently takes 30 seconds if you have a transporter ray or one song montage. <laughs> Here is Gloria. Uh, Lee Michelle. I don't want to name a lot. I'm going to leave a bucket. called a teaser ladies and gentlemen jennifer just whispered in my ear that she is a laura brannigan story you really don't remember was it something that 
So look up who that is, and then when I come back on the song, you'll know who Jennifer's talking about in her story. I was just letting that one run. <laughs> uh, yes, that is Laura Branigan. Uh, she is most famous for Gloria and uh, How Am I Supposed to Live Without You? And Solitaire, you're an old person like me. Uh, but those are the ones you'll know. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, Laura Branigan. Jennifer, Oh yes. what is your Laura Branigan story? So years and years ago when I used to work at Strawberries Records and Tape in, yes, and that was the full title of the was store. It? Strawberry. Just one tape, though? They only had one tape? They had lots of records and one tape? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Pre-CDs. Pre okay. <laughs> so anyhow, my uh, my manager, this is my first summer uh, working at the record store, and my manager played in a band, and he was a pretty serious musician. He's, he went to music school, but, you know, of course, you know, he's 20-something. Is this a guy that did lots of church covers? No, no, that was a um, guy from college. Google that one, kids. Yeah. They were awesome. <laughs> the delirians um so anyhow so he was saying he he was just he every time he'd hear this he'd be like Ugh. i'm like why do you hate her so he's like she recorded at the same studio that his band did and apparently she did this song and everybody's like oh my god this is amazing so they scrambled like within a month to put together a full album for her and he's like they're just trying to make her and i was like oh my god he was just so bitter but i mean he was he'd been struggling for years and you know he's playing all over Boston <laughs> and anyhow so every time I hear I think of this guy that I had a crush on I can't remember his name hmm. but he goes for so many just, um. just so many uh, so yes let's take the long journey to Ohio which requires as Ed said one musical montage uh, and we will check in on Sam Blanantina Sam Blanantina who apparently decided they'd never done a song before and wanted to devote an episode to themselves uh, and they were going to do a senior lock-in and mess around I gotta say, I think this entire plot line was just so that Cord Overstreet and Jenna Ushkowitz could make out. Like, yeah. I really didn't see any see, purpose I, to this really, plot line at all. I thought I thought the purpose of the storyline was to to marginalize the 2.0s as much as possible. That is another thing. <laughs> In three Sorry. episodes that we have to discuss today, episodes 98, 99, and 100, Marley wow. has like four lines. I think Jacob has two. Oh, I think... <laughs> Ryder has I'd, one scene. I'd reverse the two of them. Mar uh, Ryder gets to mouth his name once. Oh, that's true. He does in episode 100. He does yeah. that. And then, in this episode, none of them said a thing. No. And, they, and if they weren't performing in the next episode, they wouldn't have a single <laughs> wouldn't line. Wouldn't have even been in the room. That yeah. is a very good point, Ed. Uh, Ed, what did you think of uh, Sam Blaine and Tina's trio? I mean, they. It, it's surprising that it hasn't happened already. I guess they. I guess they just finally realized, like, hold on, we could like use these people to do things, and like, <laughs> we pay. Like, them. They don't. Ha they don't have to just be there. Like, there was a great line where Sue was like, like, even when when people had come and gone, you were still there. Even just say, 
that's right, Rachel, or <laughs> or whatever, whatever the like. It's very true. It's I mean, it was a fun plot line. Uh, it was funny to see Blam kind of doing their thing. It was funny to see the Night Feather, I believe, is what Blaine's uh, character. Oh his, God, his, his superhero character is anything to any any excuse <clears throat> to wear a superhero outfit. Uh, it's, it is a legit excuse. Valid. Yeah. There you go. But uh, but I mean, all in all, though, I I it, it, there just there just wasn't there isn't a lot to talk about in this what particular is that plot freeze line. frame. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Uh, there's just not that much to talk about in this particular plot line, <gasps> except that it was cute. Yeah. Was oh, and cool. I thought it was. I mean, I think it it's kind of funny to me that it took them so long to get to that. You know, simple minds moment. Oh, totally. To the don't you? Um, yeah, that we it took five years to get to. Don't you forget about me? Is kind of amazing. I'm shocked. But in that, with that said, I'm like, okay, this is one of those moments, and I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm pissed they excluded Artie. I feel like there might be one other original cast member that they excluded, but it's like, it was fun that they were doing it. You know, the whole like running around the hall. And, okay, ladies, <laughs> Sam in a chair leading outfit. <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say that was adorable yes and, and it's funny that tina and blaine were able to wear their cheerleading outfits because they were at one point yeah. on the cheerios um, yeah when, when i yeah. saw that it's like oh yeah they were on the cheerios <laughs> I, I don't remember tina i remember blaine no, t- they joined you know, when the madonna Glee club episode. got shut down yeah a madonna episode well, wasn't it after that as well? Didn't they join when the Glee Club got shut down or it was bit, like yeah. not popular? And so they went over to kind of like because they were it was a, it was a club where they could get noticed again. Uh, yeah, you know, all in all, it was cute. I just it did kind of feel like they had the darts and they had the dartboard with character names on it. And they said, who have we not done anything with in a while? Nah, nah, nah. OK, that'll work. Yeah. This, this, this. Well, you understand. I mean, when you have an ensemble cast, you have to kind of rot- rotate through. Not everybody's going to get screen time each week, but at least do it with purpose and reason, plausibility. Well, <laughs> oh, stop there. Let's, let's go with. <laughs> let's go with. Let's do it with consistent. Like, like, <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, That's funny. I feel really bad for the two. Are you still there? Oh, I'm. Yeah, I'm. Oh, you're breaking I'm, up I feel little. bad for the 2.0s, somewhat. Uh, Uh-oh, am I messed up? No, 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 I, no I, I'm agreeing with you. Um, we heard, we, you fuzzed out for a little bit, but you're back now. Yeah, I agree. It, it, it did feel, they've been, since we returned from the break, so what, the last four or five episodes, they've been aggressively marginalized. And then knowing full well that they will not, like since the announcement has been made that they will be going to New York next season. Um, I definitely feel that the 2.0s have been aggressively brushed aside, and and, and I, I do feel you know they never got their they never got a full a, a full shot. So it is kind of a bummer in that regard. I mean, uh, I wasn't the biggest Marley Jake Ryder fan, but I know people liked Unique and Kitty. People like them. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and then there's so much opportunity, especially with Artie being a senior, there's so much more opportunity to, um, you know, bring, you know, ha- Kitty hasn't had a line. Yeah. I mean, like, Kitty at least was kind of interesting. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, they, they, I don't know, they did a good job. Like, I guess, I guess I'm happy with where they're all at. And, and they all, they all, when they leave the show, they could use this. They, they still are. They could be like, Glee star, Melissa Benoist. 
I'm <laughs> promoting a Kickstarter on Indiegogo. Yeah, so did that end up? Did they get the money for that? I don't know. But I don't think it. I was I some. I was some luck with all their future endeavors. <laughs> uh, it, it it was. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was, I, was, I was just like flashing to the Dancing with the Stars reference on episode 100, but I realized we're not there yet. That was oh, so yeah. good. Park and bark. Park and bark. <laughs> Let's go ahead and uh, uh, we'll t- we'll check in on Will and Emma or Wemma before we go. Um, I, was, I, was, I was like shocked to see Emma in this. I know. Um, I thought she'd been cut. Um, I, yeah, there was that whole was interview. And we're the Millers. Yeah, yeah, that was the, it. She did a whole interview where she said she was cut from the show, but uh, but yes, Wemma was in this episode at least for a little while. So let's go ahead and we'll check in on them uh, with a quick version of Danny's song. Here's a bit of that on the Gleeful Podcast. Even though we ain't got money, I'm so in love with you, honey, and everything will bring a chain of love. Tell me everything is gonna be alright Seems as though a month ago I was beta kai Never got high Oh, I was a sorry guy And now I smile and face the girl that shares my name Yeah, now I'm through with the game Boy will never be the same And even though we ain't got money Oh, AM radio. Such fond memories. <laughs> Kids today don't really know what AM radio was. Like, it was not only a way to listen to the radio, but AM radio was like a format. It was like a musical style. Genre. Like, you listen... Yeah, it was like a genre. Like, you listen to... Like, Credence was big on AM radio. Like, and then things like Andrew Gold. Like, everything that was on Midnight Special. Like, it was so AM radio. Uh, there's... If you want to know what AM radio is, this is not a joke. Or it, it is... It, it, it is kind of a joke, but it's actually true. There's a song by Everclear where he explains what AM radio meant to a certain generation and it's actually a pretty catchy song it's one of the few late career ever ever clear songs worth listening to i'm just gonna everclear is decent <laughs> i haven't thought about them in the hot minute though uh well yes no they, well they'd like broken up and gotten back together and art alex it's just art now but uh the second record was great the 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 so much for afterglow that was a great song uh, uh on a side note a few weeks ago, I drank Everclear, and you should never do that. <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't a fun time the one time I've done that, there, for the it, record. And did you drink it straight, Ed? Um, or, like, did you no, mix I'm pre- it? No, I put, I'm pretty sure I had Everclear, and I had, like, a thing of, like, the, the, the frozen punch stuff. There you go. Oh, wow. See, what I did was, I, I was like, well, I'm a, I'm a grown-up. I want if I'm gonna drink Everclear, I want to like taste Everclear. I want to know what it is. So I got a little shot of Everclear, and I'm looking at the bottle, and the bottle has this big scary label on the front. But I'm like, I'm gonna do this. I'm a grown up, and so I take a sip. I took a sip of that shot, and I it destroyed my mouth. It burned my throat. It hurt. Like it wasn't just alcohol pain. It was like pain, pain, chemical. And then, right, and as my eyes are watering, right on the label, I notice for the first time there is a giant, like, 
there's a giant box on the label that says, do not drink straight, must mix with other things. It's seriously, the label looks like, you know, one of those toxic waste stickers you put on. There's a little know. thing at the bottom that said highly flammable. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> like, I sniffed it. It smelled like gummy I know, I know my, my uh, like, biological codes now pretty well. Biological oh. shipping codes. <laughs> there you so go. I can, I can probably identify some of those things, like, is this the UN 3373? UN nice. 1490? I don't know. Just kidding. I took a test on that recently. Um, so, <laughs> Well, before we go, uh, we should talk a little bit, or before we move on to the next episode, we should talk a little bit about Wemma. Uh, in this episode, Will and Emma were trying to get pregnant. They were doing that on campus, which is how you get fired. But apparently on Glee, it's how you get a stern talking to. Uh, but yes, so doesn't matter. Is it, actually, is it actually illegal to have sex uh, in a in a? I think it's illegal to have sex school. at your workplace. I don't. I don't know. I don't think there's a law. I, don't think, I think that's just a thing grown-ups have agreed on that we don't have sex at the workplace. I mean, I'm sure plenty of listeners have a story that they don't want us to tell in public. But I'm just saying, like, not a good point. Oh, yeah, they did lock the bathroom. They did. But, but, yeah. Oh, that's right. Because, uh, because Becky had a key. Had a key. I was like, well, then they locked the bathroom. Okay, well, they did. At least at least they tried. They tried. <laughs> well, uh, Will and Emma are trying to have a kid, and they ended up did get uh, pregnant by the end of the episode. So congratulations to Will and Emma. They had to try really hard for two days uh but yeah. it was cool to have Jama back on the show it was and i'm really impressed by those pregnancy tests that you know can detect each hour that you are or not pregnant um <laughs> yes it was cute to see her. it was good to see her and i mean i'm gonna be very very forgiving of the rest of the season and how i say that now until they do something that i just can't tolerate but as of now i believe i will be very um forgiving of how they wrap up anything at mckinley high at the end by the end of the season and I can you know I mean that's that's Will that's Emma that's everybody although you know Emma really needs to have a talking to her hairstylist because somebody oh was God, not yes. addressing that cowlick she had going on that was, was she pissed off somebody in the makeup department <laughs> it was you're absolutely right I mean I have to keep reminding myself that we're only halfway through season five so we still have a lot of time at McKinley or we kind of have a lot of time McKinley-ish yeah. because uh, some version, like these characters don't have to leave for another 12 weeks. Um, but it is kind of, it does feel like they're being shuttled away. Yeah. Like, <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it better for everyone if they just pay out their contract and never see them again? <laughs> well, how are I we mean, defining everyone? Pretend they never happened. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't mean that, like, super derogatorily, but if they're going to be treated like this, I'd rather just get, like, like just pay me and and let me move on with my life, <laughs> please. Funny. I mean, there there is definitely some truth to that. I do feel bad that, you know, the 2.0s just kind of nod their heads in the background. I mean, every time they go to Marley, she's just kind of giggling. Like, like she's, she's like, I used to have, I used to be a character. I used yeah. to have conflict. I used to have friends. I used to be a contender. I used to have solos. I used to have a role. Remember the episode called The New Rachel and people actually thought I might have been the new Rachel? <laughs> no, no. Here, here I am. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, let's um, 
that that's pretty much all I have for this episode trio. Any final thoughts on trio, Jennifer? No. Sorry, I'm shaking my head. <laughs> Apparently that doesn't work on radio. Ed, any final thoughts Podcast. on trio? No, let's let's dive into <laughs> nationals or whatever. Let's get into it. All right, let's. Uh, What's the next one called? Uh, cool. Let's. Yeah, let's go. Oh, ahead and, City of Angels. We're gonna dive into City of oh. Angels, and we're gonna. Oh, do okay. It. My favorite. Oh. My favorite part about this episode was when they were like montaging with how excited they were to be in LA. I'm like, because <laughs> they all live there. Good, that was so <laughs> such good acting because. I don't even get that excited about LA. Come on. Well, Come we on. are going to kick off this conversation with it's the Glee awesome cast performing. Here. What are you talking about? One of my favorite songs ever. Uh, cool. Absolutely adore. This is I Love LA by the great Randy Newman on the Glee podcast. Actually, we're going to skip. No one even knows this beginning. No one knows well, then about don't This is like the beginning of White Christmas that no one knows about, right? Well, they're not going to know it if you keep skipping over. <laughs> okay, no. We'll use this moment to for me to um, smize why Josh really loves this song. It's because anytime the Dodgers win, they play this song. That is entirely At the end true. of the game. That so is that's, true. That's, only if they win. Only if they win. This is like Sweet Caroline where we play it every game. We only play it when we win. <laughs> Everybody drink. Rolling down. Wow. The Imperial Highway. With a big nasty redhead at my side Santa Ana winds blowing hot from the north And we were born to ride Roll down the window, put down the top Crank up the beach boys, baby, don't let the music stop We gonna ride it to it, just can't ride it no more I will also say that uh, the, the other reason I love this song is that I truly do love it. <laughs> I know. Like, I'm one of the few people that you know that genuinely, in my soul, <laughs> loves L.A. I'm, I'm with you, and I know you're a big fan of Randy Newman. Too. And I'm a big fan of Randy uh, So the best part of this montage that you mentioned, Ed, is that they're on a double-decker bus. And L.A.'s not a tall city. <laughs> so if you watch that montage... About half of it, you can't see anything from their double-decker bus. There are some sequences where they go by, by the Pantages, or Man's Chinese, where we got married across the street, what, what. Um, and you can also see some, you know, scenes from, like, the, uh, uh, the, w- w- what's the, Barnum & Bailey... Or no, it's Ripley's Believe Ripley's, It or Not yes. you can, is in there. And it's, it, essentially, they're talking about two blocks on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, they that they li- that entire montage is about four blocks because they go by Capitol Records, which is about a block from the Pantages. Yeah, uh, that's right. It is kind of funny that that whole thing. And then they go down La Brea in that montage and where they get to Pink's, uh, which is also an amazing place. And we should go there tonight. Oh, my God. Uh, we haven't been at Pink's in so long. I'm making um, crab, cabbage tonight. Know, it's my favorite. Sorry, it's my uh, but so we are going to pick. Uh, so there is. We are going to pick. So and they go by Pink's, and that's kind of the extent of their tour. 
<laughs> like they they circle Hollywood Boulevard. They run up Gower, I think it is, to hit the Capitol Records building. Because people recognize the Capitol well, Records building. Or no, Vine. Vine. It's on Vine. They run up Vine a little no, bit. I think you're and right. then they just go down La Brea so that they can see Pinks. And that's the extent of their tour of Los I, th- I think it is Gower, though. I think you're right. <laughs> but it's kind of... Oh. It, it's great. And it's Los Angeles. And it's it is. It's a really... It's a cool city. It, it gets a lot of um, flack. <laughs> and some of it's... You know, some of it's justified, and some of it's a little overacting, anyhow. <laughs> but uh, but yes, yeah, so they came for uh, nationals. Um, now, Ed, you, you usually have pretty distinct opinions on the purpose and why you know and, and these competitions. Uh, so, how did you feel about City of Angels, and how did you feel about this being probably the last time we'll ever see New Directions in nationals? Um, I thought they. I thought they did a pretty not so fantastic showing, <laughs> honestly. Like I was like, oh god, I don't like why are you uh, why are you saying this? Um, I definitely thought <laughs> you told me the guy from Pitch Perfect. Like I didn't think he was that fantastic. Like I've seen Jessica Sanchez do better on this show, but he was he he deserved to win and he did. And I'm like I'm like, do they really get deserve second place? Like actually. Um, do you think so? What know. place do you think they should have come in? I don't know. Well, it's we didn't like, really see. I, I, I wasn't impressed with the arrangements of the songs. I wasn't impressed with, like, I felt like they were just. I mean, I understand why they did what they did. It made sense with what they did, what they did. But I feel like they didn't have fun with the idea of doing what they did. They just did it. Hmm. Like to me, it felt like they were just doing it for them and not anybody else, and not for. Oh, we're talking about the yeah, performances. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're talking about the yeah, the new directions performances I, I felt like they've done better you know they've been been done huh, they've done better group performances at the end of episodes you know like, so okay so let's just get into it then um the thing yes. about the performances we've talked about in the past uh the issue i always have with the performances whether they win or lose is the show doesn't tell us why they won or lost mm-hmm. won or lost like the time that they lost nationals because kurt and Ra- or kurt whoa finn and rachel kissed um, i still don't know why that was a problem but okay. I, well but at least they told us like okay. they said you lost because you lost sight of the prize uh the year that they did valerie which i think was re- regionals i thought was fantastic because you know they made a very big point you won because all of these groups one group has talent one group has dancing one group has this we won because we have everything and we showcase our lesser pieces and that's why we got to win most of the time they just kind of get up and do their show and then the outcome is almost uh, an afterthought in a way like it's kind of they just they win or lose because the writers decided that they won or lost this one i think what was interesting to me about nationals this time is um I didn't care if they won or lost. One, I did not remember this whole agreement that <laughs> Will Schuster made with uh, oh, Coach Sylvester really? that if they didn't win, that the Glee Club was going to get shut down. That totally slipped my mind. So I didn't remember that, but I didn't care because to me, the competition was so much, or the performance was so much more about Finn that, um, as you might remember, uh, there was a bit of an ugly Toy Story 3 cry going on. And I totally, like, to me, it was, 
this was a better this this performance yeah. was more of a farewell to Finn than the episode that was a farewell to Finn. Yeah. And because of that, um, uh, yeah, like winning or losing to me was not really an issue at the end of the day. And, I, and so to me, it was very sweet. And then at the very end of the episode, when they're like, oh, yeah, we didn't win. So now we're losing the Glee Club. I kind of went, oh, wait, hang on. I did not remember that at all. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, to me, I, I felt going into it, they were going to lose anyhow. And they were going to lose a thing because we knew that we weren't going to be at McKinley next year. So logistically i mean it didn't make sense to have this glee club still happening in a world that we weren't going to see so oh, totally so yeah. to me i kind of I, I to me i just uh, had always assumed they were going to lose and yes i totally agree i i this was you know we talked about it right afterwards i felt like in this particular episode they they had more time to really process everything and you know when somebody when a family member dies it's, you know, it's like initially hard and shocking and it's just like, oh my God, and then you somehow just start getting back into the groove of life. But everything gets upended, you know, the first Christmas, the first Mother's Day, the first Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So all these firsts. So this is now, after Finn's passing, this is the first competition. Yeah. And within, within the context of Glee, this is the first important event that, you know, Glee used to tell time by these... competitions and this is the first really you know so so in that way this is the first real event that he's not been a part of but seriously when the camera when it went from them to that that the footage of finn i like i got so choked up i I wasn't expecting it and you know like i wasn't that was the thing i wasn't expecting it at all um, and what I'm just killing me right now when Carol's like they're doing all of his favorite songs, yeah. and then they went to the archival. I that was like, yeah, yeah, I couldn't even, I couldn't do it. Like Josh had to, yeah, like I said, it was an ugly Toy Story three cry. Um, Ed, what did you think about this episode and the inclusion of Finn? Um, also interesting that they didn't really tell us that was going to happen. Um, so it really just kind of, ha- you know, it really just kind of caught at least Jennifer and I by, by surprise. How did you feel about the inclusion of Finn in this episode? Um, uh, you're you're completely right. They didn't they didn't like they didn't like tell us that this was happening. There was no like selling of it. Um, I thought like the episode itself was a good. I'm glad. Like I wasn't I wasn't so sure how I felt, but but Jen made a very good point. Like this is the first competition without Finn. I'm like okay. That makes it make sense more. The like obviously there was high emotional impact, but now I'm like, oh yeah, that there's a legitimate reason why there is high emotional impact. Yeah, it wasn't just um, capitalizing or um, it like it, it wasn't taking advantage of the situation and like kind of working people up into an emotional frenzy for no reason. It, it's just it, it's what would have happened and naturally. Hmm. But I know. I thought yeah, I, I liked it. I wish. I don't know. I I wish they would have done more with the songs. Like they did. I feel like they did nothing special with the arrangement. Yeah. Like there was there's no reason they couldn't have made it a like a duet and like a, like there there was no special like all three performances just happened back to back. Like at least with like even I forget what what the song before Gang of Style was, but like at least there was that shift from the song to that to like Tina was on lead. It felt like all all the songs, I'm like, I'm not even sure who the lead of any of the songs were because they'd all just like kind of blurred together, which I realized wasn't like the point of the scene, but 
it could have been it could have upped it I, I agree. I mean, it, it, that's actually, it was true about the um, Throat Explosion performance as well, where they just did Mr. Roboto and then put their heads down and immediately went into Counting Stars without, you know, even pausing um, or with just a pause and no kind of emotional transition. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. And, and it would have it been fun to see some more dramatic arrangements on these songs because, yeah, at the end of the day, that is kind of why we're here. Yeah, that's why I felt like we've seen more impactful, more unique, more powerful performances at the the end of certain episodes. Mm-hmm. And I, I just felt like... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I mean, this it was all very nice. It was all very moving, and it, it was a beautiful tribute, but I, I wasn't... I mean, except for, you know, seeing the footage of Finn, I wasn't, I wasn't as moved as, uh, and I I wasn't as blown away. I think that was the Mm -hmm. thing. So I just felt, so I was not surprised, you know, I I felt like they were a little, oh, that, yeah, yeah, no, I wasn't surprised. Yeah. And downgrade on like, they did, the judges of these competitions used to be, no, I wouldn't say the highlight, but like, (laughs) yeah, there was. They, I don't want to say the highlight, but they're like they did nothing. Like there was like a little. There, um, there's like one side. Um, someone was some. She was like famous for some kind of prince size. The girl from the prince size videos. Yeah, but that wasn't that wasn't enough. That wasn't enough. Oh, no, no, not at all. And then Jack A and I, I, oh. I didn't get Marley Matlin, and Jennifer had to point it out to me. I was like, like Academy oh, Award a- winning. <laughs> It's a famously deaf actress who is judging a vocal competition. Oh, I get it now. But I didn't get it. She had to kind of nudge me. Oh, man. In the results, what what did, like, they're like, and the winner is, and there's only one winner per country. I'm like, <laughs> yes. yes. Well, and that's, yes. oh. I immediately thought, okay, that means the second half of this season is going to be international. International. I, I think for sure. Sh- I honestly, like, I think that's on the horizon. I think that's how they're going to find a way to keep this Glee Club together. And we'll talk about that in the next one. We talk about episode 100. But I think that's going to be the loophole that they're going to sneak in is internationals is, you know. International nationals. Can we, can we, I want to be double check this. Is, is Melissa Benoist and 2.0s, they're all, they're all um, recurring characters. They're not main cast, correct? I have no idea. Uh, you know what? I never. I try, to, I try to ignore that stuff so I can be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I've never really noticed how they're built. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it makes it it makes a difference now, kind of. Yeah, well, definitely. Uh, I just want to point out, Jennifer had just said, uh, "I don't know how they're or no, what did you say? Build. I don't uh, know how they're built. I don't know how they're built. And I heard, I don't know how they're built. And I thought, oh, I know how they're built. <laughs> What? <laughs> uh, so let's take a listen to Mr. Roboto and Counting uh, Stars. Automaton. Uh, this is the only I, thing I'm waiting about this is that uh, that that vocal uh, that new direction you get to do Counting Stars. That's the only thing disappointing about that. Oh uh, yeah, they always, they, they, uh, that's true. You have a, you have an affection. Episode. We'll talk about Counting Stars in a minute because I know you have a certain affection for that. Uh, I was just surprised that uh, Mr. Roboto seemed like such a sequel to. Um, to Bohemian Rhapsody, the first big vocal adrenaline number. So, I don't know. Anyway, let's take a listen to this. Uh, this is Skylar Aston on the Global Podcast. You're wondering who I am. Secret, secret, I've got a secret. 
Mr. Roboto, I always keep it on my iPod because if you're like in the car, like coming back from wine tasting, why did I go that? <laughs> how, how douchey was that? Uh, if you're in the car coming back from something and you're driving and you have like tired people, like if you're tired, the car is tired, but you have driving ahead of you, you put on Mr. Roboto and everybody goes, oh, okay, we're okay. It's just a thing. <laughs> I just know that because the last two or three times I did it, we were driving back from bars. Or well, usually, <laughs> so Josh is really sweet. Josh does not really care about wine, so he usually becomes the designated driver. Um, again, another weird freeze frame. Um, he becomes the designated driver, so he's really sweet, and he has to deal with a lot of people who get in the car who are like, ah! and then like five seconds later, crashed. Yes, so he's like, okay, I'm not doing this so alone. That's what I put on Mr. And he, he, like, he slams us all awake. So here's a bit of Counting Stars. Let's go ahead and uh, uh, catch this part. So I don't know anything about this song yet, except that it uh, sells cars on Hulu during almost every commercial break. Uh, what is uh, what is Counting Stars? Uh, well, you know, it's funny. I had a very detailed conversation with my coworker about this song, and it's like it's a, it's a song about like embracing selling out. <laughs> it's actually really creative how they do it. Like how and Ryan Tedder, he's he's like I don't know if I I want to meet him, but I also want to be him. It's like I don't <laughs> like Ryan Tedder is like the hero of my existence in every capacity. Like th- like his songs for all of his artists. And I don't know. Like I was impressed with him back in two thousand nine, and it's the the impressness just never stops. <laughs> well, so that's good lyrics. Good, that's good lyrics. Such good like creative ideas, and their new record, uh, which I is waking waking up. I believe no, it isn't. No, that's their second album. Oh, native, native. Um, they it's like they finally they 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 they've been teasing these beetle motifs, but they like go for it on native. They go for it. <laughs> Okay. Well, so yes, that is One Republic. Uh, I'm Ryan Tedder, oh. who who recorded that one. Uh, so we had Skylar Aston in this episode, which I actually was surprised we hadn't heard about. Uh, another thing that Glee used to be much more known for is, one, its guest stars, and two, uh, everyone was going to be a guest star at one point or another, and only half of them ever showed up. And now we have a guy who, you know, Skylar Aspen from Pitch Perfect. Uh, he had that TV show Ground Floor, which was not great, but um, certainly has a, a dramatic online following. And, uh, you know, big, uh, I, bo- I want to say he was in the original Spring Awakening cast with Lee Michelle, Jenna, and uh, John Groff. So, you know, uh, he, he's got some pedigree. I was surprised to see him just show up anonymously without any fanfare uh, ahead of time. But... It was interesting to see him. I thought he did a great vocal performance on these two songs. Um, and Ed, what were your, how, did, how did you feel about Mr. Roboto and Counting Stars? Well, of the two performances we saw, the clearly superior one, and bonus points being from Fort Wayne, Indiana, a city <laughs> I have never been to. But I do know where it is on the map because I looked it up recently. 
for an unrelated reason. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, they're 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 okay. The it's idea with these with the the perfect glee clubs, you know, we had vocal adrenaline and now we have throat explosion, which is essentially vocal adrenaline part two. Um, the idea with them is that the, 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 what the show's always trying to put across is this is a glee club that is uh, technically perfect but has no soul. Um, and that is how I feel about this. That's actually not how I felt about the Bohemian Rhapsody performance from uh, that John Groff did in season yeah. one. Um, but that has always kind of been the the way that that New Directions is is ostensibly better or within Glee logic better than these other uh, Glee clubs is because they have soul, whereas Throat Explosion uh, arguably does not. That is how I felt about it. It felt like a sterile performance, but a fan, but a technically perfect performance. Uh, Jennifer, Mr. Roboto and Counting Stars? Yeah, I mean, I it, to me it was a lot of fun. I've not seen... It's perfect. Yes. Neither am I. Neither is Ed. Apparently. Oh, okay. yeah, no, but I've never, yeah, wow. I've never seen awesome. this guy perform before. <laughs> um, but I thought he was a lot of fun and yeah, I thought it was, yes, again, technically perfect. I thought that they, like, it. we knew so little about them. Like, I didn't feel like they were completely as soulless and, uh, you know, robotic as vocal adrenaline or as, you know, driven. But, um, but performance-wise, yes, superior to what we saw them perform against uh, New Direction. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. I mean, I wish there was a little bit more history. To th- and that's the other thing, too. It's like, to have all of a sudden yeah. this new baddie on screen and they're gonna, you know, they're like, oh, they're gonna steal Finn's picture and they're gonna they're going to torment the team, but we have no, we have no history, we have no basis or understanding of who they are. So, it, to me, it just felt like, meh. Yeah. Yeah, but I but I but I enjoyed them. I enjoyed him. He reminds me of like he looks like he'd be like Dane Cook's little brother. Hmm. I would not say that to him. I don't know if, if you ever met him. Eyebrow. I would not mention that. Oh, I, I, just physically. <laughs> you know that guy no one in L.A. likes. Yeah, you look just like that. <sighs> Anyhow, <laughs> um, well, we'll watch. We'll I watch remember Pitch when Perfect Dane Cook was popular. There, there was. was a time. There was a time. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yes, that was a bit of throat explosion. Um, let's take a listen to some of the Glee songs and then we'll, uh, talk about a couple of the other plot lines, but this was the performance ended up being a, a kind of dedication to Finn with, uh, Bert and Carol in the audience. So let's go ahead and take a quick listen to more than a feeling originally recorded by Boston here on the Gleeful podcast. out this morning and the sun was gone turned on some music to start my day i lost myself in a familiar song i I closed my eyes and i slipped away That was more than a feeling. Um, now, Ed, what I wanted to ask you watching this episode 
was we got this whole plot line about Mercedes in this episode. Apparently Mercedes moved to California. She'd gotten a record deal. That record deal fell apart. She was selling her album on the side of the road, probably in a Whole Foods parking lot. Let's be honest, it's Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm just telling. Uh, or on Hollywood Boulevard. If you walk down Hollywood Boulevard, uh, it's gotten dirty. We were there last week. It's gotten so much dirtier than it used to be. But uh, these guys grab you, and they all have Discman and headphones, and they want you to buy their rap mixtape. And it, there's like 50 of them, and they all want you to buy their mixtape, which I always feel like mixtapes are free. That's why they're mixtapes, but they want you to buy their mixtape. Uh, very common. Anyway, uh, so she apparently had gotten a record deal from this and then had a crazy scene of all of her demands uh, and how she was going to write songs for people. My question for you, Ed, this, like, the equivalent of Rachel's getting cast in a Broadway show and the level of belief, disbelief, fantasy reality to that, for me, is how I imagine you and this Mercedes storyline. How do you feel oh, see, about well, this Mercedes funny. story? I, I just, I just knew that like that doesn't happen. I don't even think about it. like that doesn't, ha- not like that. <laughs> like, but does it like, anger like, you the way that the Rachel storyline angers me? It, it doesn't anger me because I knew because it's, it's not that it's ridiculous. Oh well, yes, it's ridiculous. It, it, she'd be lucky to get a publishing deal, which is possible. It's possible to get a publishing deal, but then to like hold the songs hostage, like. N- Ain't nobody care about you that much. That was the thing like, that that in a way that was like beyond diva and just straight up bitchy. Like there was that whole scene where she's making all her demands. I'm like, am I supposed to be taking away from this one that this is actually happening? Because I kept waiting for that scene where Mercedes was, was like, you know, I totally made all that stuff up. Like none of that is real. I, I'm just I'm out here doing my best, and none of but that. They, but, then, but then they have to explain things later, and they're trying to minimize Mercedes' role. Yeah, that's true. Just two point <laughs> and then like yeah the, the whole like when she's making her demands am I supposed to take apart one is it real and two if it is real like is this a victory for her like is is this behavior being viewed as good and positive or as kind of horrible because I'm watching and thinking she's being pretty horrible uh, I don't know what did you think Ed um I mean, I don't know about horrible, and I don't know. Did she? Does she deserve like what she demanded? Not particularly at the stage of her career, but I mean, I don't know. I I wish I wish her luck in her fantastical view of life. <laughs> the other thing that's funny about it is when she's listing off all of her demands. You know, three music videos that you pay for, all of the P and A money. You know. Um, I want to get a record in return for writing these four songs. You're going to release my record, yada, yada, yada. And I'm kind of like, uh, that's not really how things work anymore. <laughs> like music, video, like did all of these. Ever, did it ever really work that way? Oh, in the nineties. That's exactly how things, I mean, th- like th- that was still an insane list of demands given her level of notoriety, appearance, whatever. Um, but, uh, the, in modern times, like that's the type of deal that like no one gets. <laughs> like Rihanna Even, doesn't have that. Winner, deal. <laughs> winners of American Idol have gotten less. You know, exactly. winners of American Idol get a record these days. Like. Yeah, and it's not of their choice, and they have no artistic control. Yeah, <laughs> and it barely sounds like them or the person that was voted into that title. I mean, the, the whole thing. Again, it's just like this whole like ego thing, like Tina and Rachel and Santana. It's like. 
Oh my god, you people are so horrible. <laughs> Apparently, if you're if you're a talented woman, you become a diva. That's well, that's what we're learning from Glee. That, that's what I, that's what I'm. That's thank goodness I'm not a woman. Well, <laughs> but the thing is, it's like fine. You have a talent, and you have conviction, and you you believe you deserve certain things. Fine. You you know, it's like unfortunately, they're basically saying anybody who's strong and confident is an absolute bitch and unrealistic hmm. they're not showing any middle ground they're not showing any reasonable person who reasonable artist who'd be like listen i believe in myself i believe in my stuff yes i won't compromise on this but of course i will compromise on that and it's like they're not showing any middle ground and it's hmm. so unrealistic and it's like it makes you just want to write them off and assume that anybody with talent is like a raving bitch it's interesting i mean the What's more common in today's world, and I honestly think would speak more to the glee mythos, the, the, the glee message, would have been if Mercedes loses that record deal, is selling records on the side of the road, and ends up kind of like, you know, putting a bunch of songs on SoundCloud and building a career herself from scratch by being true to herself and using her own confidence. But that would courage. be giving Mercedes credit. And we and the, <laughs> yeah, the will show not hates that. do that. That's oh, true. Or, or like showing her playing at, you know, Molly Malone's in LA or these other places where a lot of people, my, you know, friends of ours play all the time. Yeah. And it's crazy that they, you know, they get that stage, the same stage as um, Brandon Rogers, you know. Of, oh, yeah. When we went to see Brandon Rogers at, so, at Molly Malone's. Yeah. It's like you you have to work for it. You have to, you know, you have to pay your dues. And so, yeah. So it just it frustrated me that here are legitimately talented people who are being depicted in so-called real world situations, but yet. You know, the only way that they can become successful is by being horribly unrealistic and just mean, nasty people. And mm. it's very frustrating. Like, I'd, I'd love for them to just show it. You know, somebody's like, hey, well, I mean, what's it? Demi Lovato's character seems to yeah. be, like, really kind of grounded. And yeah, real- she's the, you want she and Elliot. Like, she yeah. and Elliot are the only two people on the show that are like, yeah, I came to work. I've get- been knocked in the teeth a million times, and I'm going to keep yeah. getting up. And I'm going to uh, join this band. I'm going to join that band. And yeah. I'm going to keep doing keep this. And I'm going to do shows. And, but I'm not <laughs> going to be unrealistic in my expectations of what the industry or anybody owes me. Hmm. Sorry. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. I think those are all really valid points. And, and I do, uh, there's a certain lack of glee-ness about Mercedes current path yeah. that feels kind of false to me. Um, and it is hard, but, uh, but I, yeah, I guess it doesn't, it doesn't annoy you, Ed, as much as Rachel's story annoys me. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I don't know. Like being annoyed by it would give give it credence almost. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're That's so right. True. I mean, to give her to give her character value, it goes totally against Glee for some reason, whatever reason. Uh, and then we, well, here let's let's take a listen to one more song before we discuss uh, Marley. Uh, and here's a bit of I still haven't found what I'm looking for, uh, performed by the Glee cast from Nationals on the Gleeful Podcast. <laughs>
before we leave uh, episode City of Angels and the Glee Club leaves Los Angeles uh, and Goodwins, uh, we should take one good check in on Marley, who apparently cannot find a man and submitted her songs to a couple contests and did not get accepted. And now she is going to give up songwriting altogether. Now, this to me was a more realistic plot line yes. than what's happening to Mercedes. This to me felt that is glee. True. This All felt like glee to me, yeah. where Marley has a, an innate talent that is undeveloped, that she puts herself out there in the world and gets knocked down, and somebody says, don't give up, and she agrees to not give up. That is glee to me much more than what is happening to Mercedes. Yes, I agree, and... I feel bad that I totally forgot about. <laughs> I forgot about this part. I had to rewatch it. Yeah, and I worry it's the last time we're ever going to hear Marley say a word on the show. <laughs> uh, Ed, any thoughts about Marley and the Two Point in uh, the episode City of Angels? That should be a band. Marley, Marley and the Two Point That's <laughs> good. Um, I like that. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I I I mean, I already I already rehashed this several times already. That it's just like. They're happening, but I, I just wish it didn't have to, like, I don't know. I don't know what I want from them, but it feels like they could have tried more successfully to, to like, like feel like like we were leaving these characters and we cared a little bit. And they, it's, it's like, like it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be so obvious you don't care about these characters. Like, it doesn't have to be so obvious. Yeah, you like, can at least pay them the respect you could pay us the respect that you asked for all of our time to invest in these characters. Like, you could at least respect us enough to not just pretend they're not happening. <laughs> Lols. That's true, <laughs> exactly. I was just, I don't know. For some reason, it was like, pretend they're not happening. Yep, that is what's happening. That's they kind of what's are happening. not. Well, they um... I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say about City of Angels. Ed, any final well, the thoughts? City of Angels is all performance, so what's that? Yeah, it's mostly a performance episode, so, you know, yeah. we don't want to drag it out too long. Jennifer, any final thoughts on City of Angels? No, I think that's another reason I just enjoyed this one. Again, yeah. I remember, <laughs> from what I did remember of these episodes, I just remembered enjoying the performances and not getting too caught up in, you know, implausibility and, yeah, whatever. Alright, well, uh, we'll go out with the song America, uh, and uh, Ed, um, well, I was going to ask if you have any iTunes reviewers to thank. Um, I will pull that up right now for next okay. Well, here, yeah, save it for the next one. Uh, if you are listening live, we're going to be right back. We're going to take a couple minute break so Jennifer can put on my dinner. Uh <laughs> Everybody drink. It's not as, <laughs> it's not, His eyes it's rolled not across as the room. Horrible as it sounds. But uh, yeah. And then we will be back to discuss episode 100 for a little while. Um, but before we do, uh, for the Glock. Seriously. For the Glockenspiel. Mouth work. Mouth. Uh, I messed up the beginning. I'll mess up the end. Hey. For the Galifa podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed, I'm Josh. I'm Jen. <laughs> I'm Ed. Have a nice night. Also, I, I, I know. You can vote for Majesty Rose, but she's not been doing too hot lately, so I support you if you're also voting for Jessica Muse or Gina Irina. And Gina yeah. Irina? Is this Gina, um, Idol? Gina Irina. Gina Irina. Yeah, this is Idol. Oh, okay. This is 
It isn't as best of a train wreck as last season was, no. but last season was all was arguably worse than season nine in retrospect. Oh god, I didn't think that would happen. But <laughs> wow. there you go. Okay. Here you go. Uh, well, for the Glyphal Podcast, it's Justin, and I'm Josh. I'm Jen. He's Ed. He's Ed. I'm Peace Ed. out. Like, Peace like, out. Like, <laughs> can we just do this? Do we just Good do night, this? everyone. We did. Good night. Good night. <laughs>